Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, awesome. Well, once again, happy Father's Day from one dad to another dad, whether you're a birth dad or a stepdad or adoptive dad or a father figure. All of you are equally important, and so we honor all of the dads that are watching today. Uh, what you just watched was a little teaser. That's, that's like the, uh, the, the, the video world word. It was a teaser for uh, a conversation that my dad hosted of uh, he and his four sons, which I'm included in that. And if you want to watch the entire Zoom conversation, it'll be uh, on our, all of our social media platforms uh, at about 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So right after this service, you can watch that. And uh, a lot of it's, 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 there's some funny stuff in there. I was watching it this week and it's pretty funny, but there's some, also some just beautiful nuggets of uh, what, it, what it means to be a father and some of the lessons that our dad taught us. So make sure you tune in uh, to that. You know, I got to say, being uh, a father of two incredible kids it's the greatest joy I have. I mean, I don't, I don't get, uh, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's such an honor. It's the, it's the happiest thing. It's so incredible to get to be a dad. Every day is like a new adventure. You know what I'm saying? And especially since we've been in this quarantine for the last several months, I've gotten to spend a whole lot more time with uh, my two kids. And it's just been so meaningful. And I was even thinking this week uh, of the two best days of my life. And of course, the first (laughs) at the top of my list was my wedding day. It's the best day of my life. But the second day, uh, on the the scale of best days of my, I'm going to be 40 years old in January. Out of the 40 years, two best days, wedding, and then the second best day is this picture right here you'll see on the screen. I'm telling you dads that are watching right now, does it get any better than that. That right there is my moment of human arrival. I mean, you talk about hitting nirvana right there. I'm talking like that is the pinnacle to have both your babies in that position. I'm telling you, that was the second best day of my life. And sometimes if I'm lucky, I can get them to do that even now as they've gotten older. But man, I just love being a dad and and as we move into summertime here in the Northwest, we've been getting to spend a whole lot more time outside. Yesterday was the beginning of summer here. And, and so we've been outside in the yard and throwing the ball around, kicking the soccer ball around. Izzy's got one of those, you know, hoverboard things, you know, that she likes to ride up and down the street. And, uh, you know, this week I was just thinking about uh, my own relationship with my dad and what he's meant to me, and he might be watching right now. I want to say how much I love you, Dad. You, you mean the world to me. It's just uh, what an incredible example you've been, and you continue to be. And a father, not just to your own biological sons, but you have literally thousands and thousands of spiritual sons and daughters, so I honor you today. But I was just thinking about growing up with my dad, and now that I'm a dad, and the way I'm raising my kids, and the experiences that I'm having, and uh, once again, this week, we were outside, and and Izzy was on one of those, was on her little hoverboard thing like this, you know, coming up and down the street. And I was standing up on our deck and, and I remember she, she rolled up to me and she said, dad, with her little pink helmet on, she said, dad, 
watch this. And she did some kind of little trick. And I said, that's awesome. And then she said, now, Dad, watch this. Watch me. And she kept saying that. And then I looked over at Fulton. Fulton heard her sister yell, watch me. And he was kicking around a soccer ball. And we've got a little uh, soccer goalie, a uh, little goal in the yard. And he said, Dad, watch this. And he just, he just kicked it, launched that ball right into the goal. And I said, yeah. And he, he looked back to kind of make sure that I was like cheering for him. And he's like, yeah. And he did it probably another 10 times in a row. Watch me, watch me. And you know, I got to think about just me as a kid, you know, I, I loved playing basketball, and we had one of those basketball goals in our, in our driveway growing up as a kid. I can remember my dad standing uh, at the, at the, at, in the doorway or up on the deck, and I would say, Dad, you know, I can be 10, 11, 12. Dad, watch this, watch this, and I would shoot, you know. And awesome, awesome. And I was just thinking about the power of a son, a daughter, yelling out, Dad, watch me, watch me. I got to thinking about that even again this week, and I was reminded that whole watch me, watch this. Dad, look at this. What is that all about? It's all about this one word, and that is approval. Approval. Every human being, it is wired into our DNA. We crave approval. And whether we vocalize it or not, there's something that's inside of us where we crave approval from a father. And today, as many of you are watching, just statistically, uh, it is clear that so many of you watching right now didn't have an awesome experience with your father. Maybe you're watching right now and you woke up this morning and you said, what day is it? Father's Day? And you said, I think I'm just going to go Netflix it and get back in bed. I don't like this day. Why? Because of the way your upbringing was. Maybe it was a, a, a situation where you never spent any time with your father. Maybe he was estranged from you. Maybe you never even knew who your father was. And so that's, that's, that's been with you your whole life. How could, I, how could he abandon me? Where, where is he? Maybe it's just, just to this day, there's still tension there for whatever reason. Maybe it was as serious as real abuse that, that you received from your father. And so when you hear Father's Day, you're going to talk about fathers. It's like, man, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to tune in. I've had this conversation so many times with people. And in fact, in my role, I spend a lot of time counseling men. And so often there's this reoccurring theme where the relationship with that they had with their father, it was somehow um, severed or there was just, it was a bad upbringing. And, and to this day, these men express how damaged they feel as a result of a, a father who neglected them. So. I am not naive. I know that some of you watching had a phenomenal experience with a biological father. I know I did and I continue to. I'm so blessed, but I'm also very much aware that many of you did not. And so because of that today, I want to direct our eyes onto the good father. I want to talk about the heavenly father and, and, and how he sees you and what he desires for you. I want to talk a little bit about that today. And that metaphor that we're using as God being a father. Like I just alluded to, I'm telling you, I grew up with an incredible father who would hold me and, and, and protect me. And to this day, I'm pushing 40. He'll, he'll throw his arms around me and kiss me on the cheek, man. 
And so when I hear that metaphor, when I read the scriptures, when I look to the Psalms, when I even hear Jesus speaking of his own heavenly father, when I, when I hear God as my father, I just automatically, whether it's on the inside or the outside, I smile. Because I get it, man. Wow, I had such a great father. And so because of that, when, when, when we're singing this song and, and let's worship the father, absolutely, I get it, but I know that when you hear God, this metaphor, God, is your, some of you that are watching, you hear God as a good, loving, heavenly father, there's a disconnect there. It doesn't make any sense. And so I feel like the content that I have today will work across the board, no matter with the spectrum of your relationship with uh, your biological father or a father figure of some kind. I, I really feel that as I express to you how the father, the heavenly father, sees you, I, I believe that each and every one of us can have a fresh perspective of his love and how he sees you today. And so with that, I just want to give you a couple of thoughts here. I know many of you got maybe a lunch that you're going to get to with your dad or get together with some folks. And so I won't be too long, but I just want to give you three things you need to know about your heavenly father. So if you're taking notes, let me, here's the first one. Here's the first thought that I have for you in regards to knowing about your heavenly father. And here's the first one. That is, he is a compassionate father, not a condemning one. He sees you today through the lenses of compassion. Condemnation is non-existent when it comes to your heavenly father. Let me, let me back that up with a passage of scripture out of John chapter three, verse 17 says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, some of you watching, you know, when you think maybe of your biological father, uh, all the memories you have were of him condemning your actions or looking down on you or speaking poorly to you or always feeling like he is mad and upset, judging, always coming down on you. And I want you to know today that that is not a picture of the heavenly father. I don't know, I don't know how you were raised, but maybe you were ra raised in a religious setting that somehow uh, falsely communicated that God is upset with you, that he's mad at you. I want you to know today, father, I want you to know uh, today, son or daughter, that your heavenly father, he is not mad today. There's nothing that you've done. Hear me out. There's nothing that you've done that can disqualify you from the love of the heavenly father. Now, someone just needs to stop and meditate on that. There's someone watching right now and, and you feel like the life choices you've made, some of the poor decisions, some of the things you've done that, have, that has gotten you into some deep trouble, you feel like because of that, God is up in heaven looking down saying, how dare you? Who do you think you are? I want you to know today that no matter what you've done, it doesn't disqualify you from the heavenly Father's magnificent compassion for you. In fact, there are even things that we've knowingly done that were wrong. And even in those moments, he still has compassion. He still picks us up. There's been, there's been um, decisions that I've made willfully knowing what I was about to do was wrong and I still did it and I got myself into trouble and every time that's ever happened in my life, I never felt condemnation from God. 
but rather I could come back to him. Um, it's summertime up here in the Northwest, and if you're a true Washingtonian, not even a Washingtonian, I'm talking like Pacific Northwest person, uh, you know that when summer starts, uh, you can pull that old uh, cobweb, dusty hammock out of, the sto- out of the storage and just hang it, hang it up between two trees. I mean, uh, anywhere where you can hang it, they're pretty cheap over at Walmart. I'm telling you, if, if, if you're a Pacific Northwest person and they say it's summer, man, hang that thing up. And I'm telling you, get your, your iced tea and your book or whatever you do. And it's hammock season. And so we're all in, the Wilkerson family. Well, we got our hammock all set up. We got it. I think that was my, my Ashley, sit down here. I think actually that hammock was a Father's Day gift to me like five years ago. It's still hanging together. We got it duct taped up. It's all good to go. But my kids, man, my kids love that hammock. I'm t- especially my son Fulton, he's five. He loves the hammock, man. It's like, it's like an adventure every time he climbs on it. And, and in fact, I think I have a picture. This was uh, uh, him uh, last week. Now, if there's any way that, you know, you could crop out those, uh, those, those tree-like legs to the left there. I don't know who, I have no idea who those are attached to. Of course, of course, they're me. But anyway, but, but, but look at that, that's, that's, Fulton and I, and we're laying in the hammock, and the sun's going down, and look how upset he looks. I mean, he's just, he's not having a good time whatsoever. No, 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 he's out of his mind. It's his favorite place, and if I don't know where he's at, all I got to do is walk to the hammock. He's probably in there, and in fact, last night, he was laying in there with his little iPad, and he was watching the new Sonic the Hedgehog, and he's watched it like 30 times in a row now, the Jim Carrey version, which is a pretty good movie, by the way, Um, but he was watching that last night. Well, couple days ago, I noticed that he was in that hammock, and he was playing make-believe that he was on a pirate ship. You know what I mean? Five years old, and he, he had that thing going, man. I mean, it was just like swinging back and forth. And now, the type of hammock we have actually has kind of a metal uh, deal that it's attached to, and underneath runs this long, metal, gnarly, rusty bar, right? And he was swinging on that thing. I kept saying, son, I'm telling you, if you keep that up, you're going to flip that thing over and you're going to land on that bar and it's going to hurt. And you know what he said? He said, okay, dad, I'll stop. No, he didn't do that. He actually laughed at me and he started doing it even more. And I'm like, son, I'm telling you, I'm t- you're going to flip that thing over and you're going to, you're going to end up upside down. And you're going to be a lot of, a lot of oh, okay. So I, I walk off and it wasn't even 30 seconds later. I'm in the kitchen and I hear a blood-curdling scream. And I look out the little kitchen window, and sure enough, that hammock is all tangled up, flipped upside down, and there's a little five-year-old boy screaming for his dad, help, dad. And he is, I run out there, and, and, and I saw him laying there, and he was holding his back like this. And you know what I did? I said, <laughs> I, I put my hand on it. I was like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And I was like, man, I told you. And he's laying there, ah. And I said, what is wrong with you? I, I told you that would happen. You're just gonna have to deal with it now, right? Did I do that? Of course not, man. I didn't, man, I didn't even say anything. I just like swooped down and picked that little five-year-old up. I said, where does it hurt, buddy? Where does it hurt? Ah, dad. And I'm rubbing his back. And, buddy, it's okay. And he's crying. I'm holding, holding my arms. Dad, 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 right? Why did I do that? Because, man, I love him so much. I, mean, I knew he would eventually hurt himself. But when he actually ended up hurting himself, I didn't run over and slam him upside the head or, 
or tell him what an idiot he was. No, man, I picked him up like any good father does. And this is, this is the heavenly father for you. Some of you have flipped up your hammock so many times, whatever, whatever that, apply it to your mistakes. And you've done things, and, and man, you knew that if, if, you, if this was gonna mess you up, man, I'm telling you, you're laying somewhere in a, in a, in a spiritual upside down hammock and you're in pain man i want you to know today that you can call on god and he is there for you he loves he's he's compassionate man he's no condemnation when it comes to the heavenly father and in fact the bible notes that king david as the greatest king of israel who was chosen by god god chooses king david knowing that david as the king would eventually end up committing adultery and having uh, the husband of, of Bathsheba, the woman that he has an adultery with, he has him murdered. I mean, that's pretty bad. So adultery and murder, if anyone, if there was anyone that may have had any inkling whatsoever, any reason to be worried that God is upset or mad with him, it's King David. What's fascinating to me after all of this stuff takes place, God doesn't say, here's David, a man who sleeps with his best friend's wife and then has him executed and killed. He doesn't say that. In fact, it's quite the contrary. Scripture says that David was a man after God's heart. And it fascinates me just how King David describes God's character and attitude in the midst of all of that. You know how David describes the character in the heart of God after he made all of those mistakes? Look what he says. Slow to anger, rich in love. Slow to anger, rich in love. Let me back that up with some passage of scripture. Psalm 86 verse 15 says, but you, Lord, now watch this. I just said, He's a compassionate father, not a condemning one. So David says, you're a, after all the mistakes he made, he says, you're a compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Jump ahead to chapter 103. Verse 8, he says, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Verse, chapter 145, verse 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. This is who the Heavenly Father is. Compassionate, gracious, no condemnation. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. This is the Father. This is the Heavenly Father. This is who you can be in relationship with, right? Maybe you already are, but you just, you kind of need a fresh perspective of who he is and how he sees you today. And the reason he has so much love for you is simply this. You are his kid. That's all. You're his. You're his son. You're his daughter. He won't love you more when you get better and he won't love you less when you, when you, when you make such mistakes. He loves you consistently across the board. That's who he is today. Look at 1 John Chapter 3, verse 1. It says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. And that is what we are. That is what we are. He is a compassionate, loving Father, not a condemning one. Here's, here's a second thought that I have about 
the heavenly father and what you need to know about him. And that is number two, write this down. He's a, he's a generous father. He's not a guarded one. He, he's, he's not stingy when it comes to his provision. He's not on some tight wad budget, all right? He is a benevolent, generous, loving God who is unguarded with his provision for each and every one of us. He, his love is outrageous and he displayed it through his son, Jesus. And we know the verse, John 3, 16, for God, come on, for God so loved the world. Look at this generosity. He gave his one, his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16, we cling to that passage of scripture. He gave his one and his only son to die for the sin of humanity. In fact, I was thinking about this this week. I have my oldest daughter and, and, and my one and only daughter and my, my son, my one and only son. And, and I was thinking about, man, giving one of them up. Man, there's just no way, no way I could do it. In fact, uh, you know, Izzy found out that I was going to show one of Fulton's pictures in the hammock. So she said, Dad, you got you to show a picture of me, but I get to choose it, right? So here's a picture of Izzy a, few, a couple of years back. This is one of her favorite pictures of her and her buddy, Roro, Roly, the cockapoo, uh, their best friends. But I was looking at that picture that she personally picked out uh, the day before last. And I thought to myself, there is no way, there is no way that I would give her up for anybody. I don't have that kind of love in my heart for people. I'm telling you what our heavenly father does. That's who he is. He's a generous father. He's not guarded. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And I love what Jesus says. I love what Jesus says about, about the father in Matthew chapter six. If, if, you're, if you're interested in knowing the heart of Christ for his heavenly father, read the book of John. Literally the book of John is, is uh, here, you know, the, the thesis statement is essentially, I love my heavenly father so much and I don't make any decisions without his guidance. That's pretty much the book of John. You can tap into that today if you want. But I love in Matthew where he says in chapter six, starting in verse 30, he says, and if God cares so wonderfully, for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What are we gonna wear? I mean, where, where, where am I gonna, how am I gonna be able to pay for all this stuff that I need in my life? Jesus says, don't worry about that stuff because here's the thing, verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Aren't you thankful for that today? So here's, here's what he says to do. He says, so seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the things of God. Seek his face, his heart, and live righteously. Do the right thing, man. And he'll give you everything you need. Maybe you're in a financial crisis right now. I want you to keep pursuing the kingdom of God. He's going to provide. He always provides for his children. Maybe your marriage is not where you'd like it to be right now. I want you to pursue the kingdom of God, the things of Christ. And I'm telling you, as you do that, you'll start to see healing in your relationships. This is how it works. This is how the kingdom works. Pursue him, pursue him. And I'm telling you, 
he's going to pursue you right back. And that's what my third thought is as the band comes back. Here's the, here's the third and the last thing that I want you to know about the Heavenly Father. Now, when I say the last thing, I want you to know hundreds of things about the heart of God for you. But in the context of fathers today, I want to leave this picture in your mind, and that is he is a pursuing father, not a passive one. He is compassionate. He's not condemning you. He's generous. He's not holding back from you, and he's in pursuit of you. He is a father that pursues you. He's not a passive one today. I want you to know that today. I don't know what kind of situation you were raised in. I don't know what kind of relationship you had with your father, but I know a lot of people that the father was in the home physically, but that's about it because he was a passive father. Meaning, When I say passive, he was just kind of standoffish. He just kind of pretended like, like the kids weren't even in the, he was just in his own world the whole time. And that's not, that's not how the father is. Maybe you're watching today and to this day, you still don't know who your biological father is. And now maybe you're 45 and you wake up every Christmas morning hoping, praying that, man, maybe this is the day where dad's gonna knock on the door and it's gonna be the greatest Christmas, the greatest Christmas gift ever. And I want you to know today, if that's your heart and that's your prayer I would be honored to join you in prayer for that. That someday you get to meet him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe that and pray for you in that. But until that happens, maybe it never will on this earth. In the meantime, I want you to know that your father is banging, your heavenly father, Jesus even talks about it. He is banging on the front door of your Christmas day morning, man. He is pursuing you. He wants to be a part of your life. He's not a passive one. He wants everything to be exactly with you. This is who the Father is. He's pursuing you today. He's not passive. I love this passage of Scripture as I close in Psalm chapter 23, verse 6. And this is from the King James Version. Scripture says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If, if, you, if you peel back the layers of the original language, that word surely really translates better to certainly. Like, for sure. <laughs> like, this is it. Certainly. That word mercy. What's mercy? It's undeserved love. That's what that is. You didn't do anything to get it. In fact, you actually did, you did wrong. <laughs> and undeserved love was handed down for you. Certainly, goodness and undeserved love shall follow. That phrase, shall follow, better translates as pursue. Surely, certainly, goodness and undeserved love will pursue you all the days of your life. I, I really love uh, reading through the message paraphrase. It's kind of a, just a paraphrase. It's not a translation. It's a paraphrase kind of in a modern tongue. And I just love how, it, how it's written in the message. Verse six, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Maybe you're here today and you've been running away from God so hard that it's time for you to stop so that you can be caught up 
in the Father's love. He's been, whether you know it or not, He's been chasing you all along. And today, maybe it's time for you to stop running, to stop, to pivot, and allow Him just to catch you today. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you're watching today, and this is one of the more happy days of the year for you because you have so much love for your father. And maybe you're a father and you have so much love for your kids. And so you hear this content today and you go, yes, yeah, you've been just like, you're you're in your man cave right now. And you're just like, yeah, you're shouting and you're having a good time. Or maybe, like I said earlier, you woke up this morning and you've heard once again, it's Father's Day. And you said, I'm just gonna, uh, today's canceled, (laughs) right? Because of your life experiences with, with a father figure in your life. I wanna pray for you specifically. I want to pray that if there's a relationship between you and your father that needs mending, that the Holy Spirit would do something in that arena. He would touch you, that he would heal uh, memories of hurt and abuse and pain. Maybe that there's even a possibility for redemption right even now. Maybe you could, from this point on, as you pray this prayer and you pursue that relationship and we, we serve a God that can literally do anything. He has the power. I'm not saying it generically. He really does have the power of restoring uh, a 30-year severed relationship. I, I say that not because I'm just hopeful and believe it. I've seen it play out in my, my brothers' and sisters' lives throughout my life, how, how it looked like it was hopeless. But man, through the pursuit of the Heavenly Father and the allowance of, of, of healing to take place, man, came back together. It's a beautiful thing. It can happen to you. I believe it can. I'll pray for you too as well. And then I'm also going to pray for dads across the board. And being a dad is really hard. It's a huge weight, big responsibility. I'm just saying that because I feel it myself. But let me tell you, you you talk about fulfillment. You, You talk about a calling. You talk about purpose, man, raising kids. I'm going to pray that God would give you fortitude, give you strength, give you wisdom, give you insight, give you direction. That's what he wants for you. And I'm going to bless you in Jesus' name. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for every person watching right now on this Father's Day 2020. God, we thank you that you are the ultimate Father. You are a compassionate Father. That there is no condemnation in your heart towards us. God, I thank you today that you're so generous that you gave your one and only son for us. You didn't have to do that, but that's how generous you are. You're not not stingy with your grace. You're not guarded with your love. It's extravagant. It's overwhelming. God, we're so grateful for your generosity. And Lord, we leave here in a few minutes with the imprint of the father running down that road as his wayward prodigal son came home to dwell in his father's house for the rest of his life. Lord, that is your desire. So Lord God, I pray for my friend right now that needs to come back to you. If if that's you and you want to say yes to the father right now, just do that. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to accept God into your life. Here's one. Maybe you want to make peace with God right now. You've had this perception of 
who God is and what he's like. And it's completely opposite as to what I just described today. And you want that today. So just no backflips, no push-ups, no, no any of that stuff. It's sim- no penance. It's simply accepting him into your heart. God, I believe in you. I receive you. I accept you. Become into my life and, and begin a new thing. Begin the healing process. Lord, I pray right now for my friend that's watching who um, has an embattled uh, relationship with their father. There's a, there's a separation. There's hurt. There's history. There's abuse. There's rejection. There's ne- neglect. Uh, there's words that have exchanged of, of pain and hurt. And there's deep wounds. Lord, I pray right now. You, we know that you have the power to mend those wounds. God, I thank you that you can put the broken heart back together. In fact, we were just talking with some friends this week of how you've done that in their own life, a relationship with a father that was severed. How, how you, through, through your work, through your power, through, through the church, through community, Lord God, you've done a new thing. So we rejoice with that family. But God, I know that there's someone watching right now that needs that for their own life. So right now, I'm just going to extend my hands as a symbol of unity in prayer for you right now. Lord, the person that's watching, that needs healing when it comes to the Father in their life. Let it be so. Jesus, Jesus, heal uh, mental wounds and memories and the past, words exchanged. Lord God, give my friend uh, power to maybe even reach out, <laughs> to forgive, to communicate with their estranged loved one. Let it be so in Jesus' name. And God, my final prayer as we close in just a couple minutes here. God, we just pray for every dad watching. I bless them in Jesus' name. I speak life into their leadership, into their role, into their, 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 their God-giving uh, mantle and calling. God, I bless them. God, give them strength. Give them wisdom and insight. Give them fortitude. That word fortitude is like a wall, like, like build them up from the inside out to do what you've called them to do. It is hard, hard raising kiddos. But God, you've called every man watching Uh, to do it, that those that have kids. Bless them, Lord Jesus. I thank you for all you're doing in our church and in this community. May your kingdom come right here on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.